0: Once in a month, and better it be when the moon be full.
1: This is Witching Around, the podcast which explores and celebrates modern day paganism and the community within. We are your hosts Regan Shanti, a solitary eclectic pagan, a researcher, workshop leader, and author.
0: And Jenny Cartledge, head druid, writer, academic, and speaker. Every month, we discuss different aspects of the pagan path and speak to others in the community for their insight and expert knowledge.
1: Well, hello, Welcome to episode 12 of Riching Around, which means we've been going for a whole year. Yay! Um, <laughs>
0: my God, I'm so um, swaddling. <laughs> yay! Uh, next month will be our first anniversary, so we're celebrating with 112 subscribers on Spotify. So welcome to all of our new listeners.
1: Woohoo! And with even more exciting podcast news, we have an official email address now, so you can contact us about stuff about the show, and that is witchingaroundpodcast at gmail.com. And we have an Instagram,
0: uh, witchingaroundpodcast, so give us a follow and let us
1: know what content you'd love to see. Yes, please, please, please get in touch with us about the podcast, and uh, all feedback is appreciated, so... Let us know if there's anything we're not doing that you'd love to hear or stuff that you'd like to hear more of. Any guests? I was going to say maybe not naked
0: rituals, but as no, a No, no, you don't want to
1: see that. <laughs> nobody
0: would know anyway. Nobody would know. Be no. like, I could be sat here. I'm not. Um, Although, given the, <laughs> given the weather, I could be. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, on to the podcast. This month. We have an amazing interview lined up for you. We were talking to Rachel Patterson, um, who I'm sure a lot of you know about, um, about her new book,
1: Pagan Portals, Gods and Goddesses of England. Yes, and we were lucky enough to get a preview of the book for this interview, because at the time of recording, it's not been released yet, but by the time it comes out, you will be able to buy a copy.
0: And you're all in for a treat. It's a really good book, really highly researched, and just quality content you would expect from Rachel anyway so I highly recommend it I highly recommend
1: it yeah yeah I really enjoyed it and I don't have that much knowledge about the gods of the UK in general so (laughs) I learned quite a lot reading it even from a historical perspective as well so Jenny have you been witching around this month
0: um have I been witching around that's a really good question in this heat not so much um but what I, I suppose I'm still kind of coming out from Witchfest. I still have some things from Witchfest Midlands in my brain that was in May. Um, so a lot of what I've been doing has been more internal than external. So I've been thinking about my own path again. Um, and I've got some free time coming up sort of at the end of the year, which is a big thing for me when I'm spending a lot of my spare time at the moment, moment studying for a degree or procrastinating studying for a degree (laughs) and I'm looking forward to having time just to explore some things again and um, you know just be able to try some different things out I've read about or um, you know just spend some time just connecting and then just reconnecting with the thing because a lot of my day-to-day life has just been so busy I just don't get around to doing a lot of it Um, so I'm looking forward to that I really want to plan some things for that as well so maybe even if i do have a little bit bit of a quiet time one weekend or coming up i'm going to sort of maybe plan some things out i want to try and get down to london maybe do some things at treadwells or atlantis or just anything over that period of time obviously i'm going away as well so that is going to interfere with some of that but um yeah i think having that time to connect because autumn is one of my favorite seasons um being a miserable winter baby um autumn for some reason is just a really nice time of year for me so looking forward to that and um yeah that's about it really I haven't done a huge amount oh I did buy a book surprise surprise um I know I (laughs) went to uh there is a lovely witchy shop in Coventry called fantasy and reality that I've been to and I wasn't going to spend any money but it's me. So I did buy some crystals and I bought a book on working with the elements and I haven't got it to hand annoyingly, so I cannot tell you the name or anything about it but I've got that to read. <laughs> and yeah, that will be on my very extended to BR pile. Um, One time gentleman was my degree. So how about you, Regan? What have you been up to? Um.
1: Well... I was actually going to say, when you were talking about being a miserable winter baby, that as some of our listeners know, we're only five days apart. So, we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. And, but I seem to be on the other side of that. So I'm born after Imbolc. So I kind of like to think of myself as more of a spring baby. And I love warmth. and I love the heat. I don't actually, I'm not loving this because I think 29 degrees is excessive and it, I'm suffering a bit. Uh, but I have been enjoying like all the summery stuff and my main thing is this this um, last few weeks has been the elderflowers growing nearby are just in full bloom and it just smells gorgeous so I harvested a bunch of them and I made a strawberry and elderflower cordial and I finished brewing it on Tuesday and it's really nice I highly recommend it it was really really good And we've got like two bottles of the stuff now. So it's a good job it tasted nice, because otherwise that was a huge waste of strawberries.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, I always have intentions to do things like that. Like I will, like also when brambles and things come out and sort of harvest some of them and things like that. And I'll maybe have them one night and then I forget about them. And then, yeah, so well done on actually doing something, because I would not have got that far.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually impressed I managed to do it as well. It was one of those things where I kind of hyper-focused a little bit. And I was like, okay, so I need to do that. But in order to get the elderflowers, I need to make myself a little foraging bag, which I did. Anyone who follows me on my Facebook page, Reg and Shanti, for those who have no idea who I am, you will see I, I posted about it. I made the foraging bag. I went out and I collected a bunch of elderflowers. I've done some brewing and some oils as well. And honestly, I don't know how long I'm meant to brew it for because I looked it up. And it was anything between three days and four weeks. So I'm kind of just leaving it for now and every now and again, just giving it a little bit of a shake, having a little sniff. Jenny, you look kind of perturbed at what i was saying. Have I done something wrong? <laughs> no, it's just the thought
0: of remembering to do
1: something for four weeks. Oh, I've set an alarm on my phone.
0: I have oh, multiple okay. alarms I've... on my
1: phone. I can still forget. <laughs> okay, if <laughs> anyone can hear any meowing coming on the yeah, that's Cassie again. And those of you who, uh, yeah, she's now apparently <laughs> blocking the camera. Cassie. I think it's
0: just a given at this point on our podcast <laughs> yeah. that there will be meows probably in the background.
1: Um, it's true. And it's more often than not on my side, it's Cassie. Yeah, and
0: on my side, it's definitely going to be Goose. But yes. <laughs> Linda's not usually around, but yeah.
1: So without further ado, yeah, let's get to Rachel Patterson
0: discussing her new book. Hello, Rachel. Thank you for joining us on Witching Around. Um, I'm sure most of our listeners know about you, um, but could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Uh, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It's lovely to be here. You're very welcome. Uh, let's see. Oh, eclectic, uh, miscellaneous, <laughs> pick and mix which cocktail witch
0: <laughs> cocktail witch. I, I like that, I, I like someone, that.
2: Did, someone called me a cocktail uh, witch at one of the witch fest events and I thought yes that's perfect I like that uh, my pathway began in Wicca I did all the Wiccan training gained my high priestess title but my path like many others has meandered, and meandered and wandered and gone off at tangents so Uh, A label now would probably be Kitchen Witch, because that kind of fits in everything that I like to do. I take bits. I take bits from different pathways that work for me and make it into my own pathway. So, yeah, bit bit, miscellaneous Kitchen Witch. (laughs) But I am very honoured to uh, be the High Priestess of the Kitchen Witch Covum, online and offline. We also have an online school of witchcraft where we have students from across the world. Um, a wife, a mother, sausage dog owner, <laughs> and an author. I am very, very honoured to have had a number of books published um, out there in the big old world.
1: So, yeah, just doing my thing.
0: That's majority of those books are somewhere on my shelves.
2: <laughs> yeah, <same. laughs>
1: so on the subject of books, today we're talking about your latest Pagan Portals book, Gods and Goddesses of England. So what inspired this book?
2: I always say with each book, this one was a labour of love. This one really was. (laughs) Uh, It was so important, I think, to write. Uh, It was inspired in the back of a car on the way home from Glastonbury. (laughs) That's all good things are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, We'd been to Glastonbury for the weekend. And I say we, I include the Kitchen Witch posse, the the girls that I could not do anything without. So Ness, Heather and Sue, who are my right, left and right hand (laughs) ladies. Um, I wasn't driving, I was sitting in the back and I had goddesses literally running through my head like you do after a visit to Glastonbury. And it kind of evolved into an online course. And when the girls and I started writing it, we wanted to work with a different goddess each month. It kind of, the idea of them being just English goddesses sort of whittled down to end up to being that. And then it was from that that I realised when you think of the Celtic pantheon, I know Celtic's a bit of a dodgy umbrella word. They are Irish. They are Welsh, one or two Scottish, never English. And of course that sent me down a huge rabbit hole I'm wondering why there were no English deities. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's because a lot of them have been forgotten because we don't have the traditions. We don't have the oral traditions that the Scottish and the Irish do. We don't have the um, Mabiniog like the Welsh do. So quite a lot of them had been forgotten. Um, so that was it, really. That was the inspiration. And it kind of grew from there. I have to say, I my
0: talk for which West Muslims this year. I covered a bit of deities and things that were sort of uncovered by Roman stuff. Mm -hmm. So a lot of like British and reading your book I can obviously see that obviously a lot of the information
2: (laughs) has come from there as well. I'm like, oh I know these ones. I know these ones. Yeah we do have to thank the Romans for that because they did write things down. We didn't write things down before then there's no no records. It's it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. Um.
0: So you talk in the book a little bit about how elusive some of the, the gods are, obviously a lot of the records do come from the Romans Um, in terms of written names because of the syncretism and things like that. How difficult was it to research the book? Was it a case of you would come across a name and then find nothing else on them or? There was
2: a lot of research, <laughs> a lot of digging about and scrambling about. Uh, There aren't, I mean, there are a few names listed in some of the deity directories, but not many. I I literally went back to academic studies, to archaeological finds. And actually, that's how I like to work, particularly if I'm researching deities. I like to go back to, for want of a better word, fact and by that I mean archaeology it's the the best resource we have really for these kind of things and a lot of academic papers written by archaeologists and historians and so it I did have to have my brain on (laughs) this was quite a lot of academic reading (laughs) went on but yeah you mentioned the Romans and it was the Romans wrote uh, a lot of the records come from them or from a lot of monks funnily enough who wrote things down as well so uh yeah it, it was difficult but it, it
1: had to be the academic route really and so in your book you kind of the way you've organized it alphabetically so you what results is like bouncing around around the country so were there any particular parts of england that you found the most fascinating or the most lucrative in terms of research
2: it was interesting Alph- Um, Whenever I write lists, I tend to go for alphabetical because that's how my brain works. (laughs) But uh, quite a large number of the deities were more up the north of England, quite a number around Hadrian's Wall. But I'm guessing that's because of records that the Romans left Uh, for me, interestingly, I wanted to know one's close to me, <laughs> but where I'm down south, there was a bit limited. I was surprised to find one in Southampton, which is the next city along from me. I'm in Portsmouth. So we found I found Ancaster, who is a goddess from Bitten in south, Southampton. We also have it's a brilliant place. We have Fishbourne Roman Palace not far from me in Chichester. Amazing place, the biggest Roman building, really. Um, in England. I think it's in Europe. Uh, it is massive. A lot of it's under housing estates. <laughs> but Obviously. but there is, yeah, there is a palace there. Um, and so I was interested to know that there was uh, a mention of the matrons, the three mothers found in Chichester as well, which isn't far. So, yeah, I was looking for local to me, but unfortunately only a couple of them. But uh, it was interesting to see how they were spread out quite a lot more up in the north. Sorry, I'm now totally distracted because ADHD brain, obviously,
0: looking through the book thinking, I don't see any for Warwickshire, but that's because there aren't any
2: that have been found, which is highly unacceptable. It's not know. to say there aren't any. It's not no. to say there aren't and It is literally just the records are so sketchy. Um,
1: yeah, I will admit this... that I did um, have a flick when I was going through, just scanning everyone, to see if I could find any for Bedfordshire, which is where I live now. And there's it, nothing, it was a it's a godless county. Although just surprised me how many popped up in Colchester, because I grew up in basildon and you don't really think of Colchester as like having all this like big, big Roman fort. history. Big Roman fort there, that's yeah. why <laughs> Yeah, Colchester. If you go yeah.
0: into the basement, I suppose, of the castle, it's all Roman. Yeah. Um yeah. It because... was one of the
2: major Roman cities. So. Yeah, because it was it was I mean, are, was in, wasn't it? There would to, have been yeah. gods. There would have been gods everywhere. The way that we worked, the ancient Britons worked, was they assigned gods and goddesses to main rivers generally. So many of them are connected to big rivers. Um, it'll be just that the names have been forgotten over time. Uh, but if you've got a big river or a, a, a particularly important forest or something they tended to have gods and goddesses of natural features that's how they Mm, work so it
1: would have been there so it's just that the records have been lost yeah I mean Bedford's not been that great at maintaining any kind of records Like we have a there was a castle in Bedford all that's left now is the, the castle mound with a couple of bits of remains of the castle but pretty much they just went in and destroyed everything so like oh we don't need that no one's going to care in a few years' time. It's sad, really, isn't
2: it? The amount that gets buried or lost. or And there's so many archaeological digs that come. They just don't have the money to dig yeah. the stuff up either. So it's, it's really important. Our history is important. It needs protecting. Yeah, definitely. And
0: like you said, sort of just obviously I said, Warwickshire doesn't have one. um, But that's not to mean that something isn't going to come along later. No. um. <laughs> In your book, and this is one of my favorite aspects of the British Museum as well, I have to say. Um, the deity Sununa, um, who was found Mm -hmm. in Ashwell. Um, obviously, we didn't know her name until what was it, 2008
2: or something. Very recent, isn't it? Yeah, and just one little statue, one little find is all it takes. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. hang on, hang 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 on, on, hope. (laughs)
0: hope. (laughs) <laughs> well we have a river so there must be somebody yeah. around somewhere there you go so
1: yeah same so we've got the the um great hoose goes through our, our county so must have been something must
2: yeah have. I actually started by looking at the tribes because ancient britain had lots of tribes uh they used to apparently fight a lot with each other yeah, that's <laughs> a surprise and they were quite quite nomadic But they did have their boundaries, so you can look and see which tribe your county would have been in. And most of those must have had a sort of patron god or a matron goddess, so there's definitely more than we've found out about. But the tribes, we only really know from the Romans writing them down, so. What have the Romans ever
0: done for us?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Written things down, but not necessarily. (laughs) let's bear in mind that there's only one perspective and it was their perspective as well absolutely yeah absolutely bear that in mind
0: (laughs) so obviously you've come across a lot of different deities and things so are there any and this might be difficult depending on what research you were looking at or you know archaeological evidence and things you've got but is there anything new that you found in your research that you would like to sort of develop into your witchcraft or path or any deities you would maybe like to explore
2: further? Interestingly, I had already stumbled across Sulis from Bath in Somerset uh, on a visit to Bath. And that was meant several years ago now, probably about 10 years ago now. And she stuck with me. And the only place you'll ever find anything about her is in Bath. That's her city. And the Romans knew she was so important when they... (laughs) Popped over for a picnic, invaded. <laughs> <the word>, yeah. <laughs> um, picnic
0: invasion.
2: Yeah, they actually uh, did what they did with a lot of their gods. They 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 kept her. They kept her because she was such an important deity in the area. But they t- attached her to Minerva, so she became Sulis Minerva. But Sulis has walked with me ever since I discovered her. So finding out more about her was quite interesting. Um, Balanus, the god I'd worked with for a while, but hadn't really realised what a strong connection to England he had until I did the research. Um, But there are there's lots of them that just have that one name or that one mention. And I'm making it my mission to remember them, to bring them, you know, come on, let's let's get you out of the cupboard. (laughs) Dig you up, literally. And put you out there. But what it did do was take me down the Roman route. So I have looked at Roman practices, not particularly Roman deities, but how the Romans practiced their religion because they had some amazing ways of working with the deities household altars and working Mm. with the spirit of place spirit of place amazing that's that's one of my things (laughs) to connect with the spirits with the energy of the land that you live on and I think that's really important as well so it did it opened me up to the Roman ways of practicing their religion which I've kind of taken bits from as well it has been a fascinating journey The um I know you mentioned
0: spirits of place but there was, and you probably came across this in your research, I think it was Carlisle. There were, and I'm sure there's many more, but the one I remember was Carlisle, was an actual altar to the, the genus loci. Yeah. So just dedicated to the spirits yeah. of place. And in my view, through my research, because obviously I've done research and similar things myself, um, it's almost as if the gods and the goddesses of Britain are spirits of place because they're goddesses of particular places whether it's rivers or forests like you said and even if you're just honoring the spirits of place you're still honoring those deities absolutely even though we may not know their names we're still honoring them
2: somewhere absolutely and it is i i encourage everyone to connect each day with the land you live on with the energy of the day uh, but yeah, the, the, there were quite a few. Um, I hadn't included the Roman gods. I tried to stick to the English ones that were there beforehand, but the Romans did have the spirit place, the genus loci, but they had these hooded figures as well, which were spirits of some sort and their images appear everywhere. They would worship the spirits of the house, the spirits of the, um, the gods of the household, And then their own, so each uh, male and female household head (laughs) would have their own deity as well. So they'd have these little household shrines and they would worship to all of that group of quite a few offerings by the time you'd finished with the whole list. But it's, yeah, it has been fascinating and it has sort of changed how I work
1: in my
0: practice as well I love that that's really interesting
1: actually it's not too dissimilar to the way um Hindu people practice as well um in my family we've got like each like both my different sides of the family have got a family deity so my dad's side of the family is the goddess Gayatri and on my mother's side it's Lakshmi so we have an altar dedicated to both of them in the house I say we. Oh, yeah. I don't live there anymore, but they have altars dedicated <laughs> to them in the house. Fantastic. I haven't taken them with me. I've kind of Saraswati and Parvati have seemed to have taken over my kind of uh, my area of practice. Even though I'm pagan, it's yeah. So well, I my think point is, is, it's quite similar to how in Hindus practice and how they worship their gods as well. We have our own patrons for each family. But I think that that's what I love about that whole pagan
2: umbrella. You can take your family practices, you can take uh, religions that you were brought up with and take the aspects of those that work for you and mix it with the practice that you're working with now. I, yeah, I love exactly. That. For me, that is part of it, one of the fantastic things about it. Uh,
1: so uh, sort of going back to your book, if kind of I deviated a little bit, um, I wanted to make a comment on the... Um the artwork in the last section of the book is absolutely gorgeous and I'm just curious about like what in inspired it especially where you've got the, the traditional um, goddess Inanna figure but she's sort of curved to the side I was just curious about how how did that is how were you inspired to get to that point? <laughs> that was kind of
2: um, my editor said to me we could do with some images for the last <laughs> section of the book in the last section of the book i actually introduced three of the deities that i discovered and how you can work with them so i've got uh what i think their correspondences are meditation a bit of a ritual just to show people how even with the lack of information you can create your own practice with each of these deities but yes my ed- my lovely editor from moonbooks trevor said we could do some images <laughs> So my very limited artistic practice, um, it was me that sketched out these bizarre images. I used the shape of the goddess uh, for our goddess course that we did. My daughter drew this, the Inanna kind of goddess image. But sort of I said to her, do something different with it. And that's the shape she came up with. My daughter is a fantastic artist. So I took that idea and just played with it, really. They are my doodles. I wouldn't call them art.
0: Just so Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I love them. I think they're lovely. Yeah, they're, they would make excellent tattoos. That's
2: funny. funny you yes. should say that. Funny you should say that. <laughs> the Bellissima one ended up being translated by uh, the lovely Susie Inkwich <laughs> and put as a tattoo on my leg. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Amazing! I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. So.
0: Were there any deities that didn't make it into the book that are English-based? We've already talked about not including the Romans or trying to avoid the Romans is probably sound. Um but is there any sort of English ones that didn't make it in because there just wasn't enough? I, I
2: put everyone in there that I could find something on. So there are some that literally just have one mention. Probably the most well-known is Andraste. She was mentioned once by Boudica in her speech before she set off to squish the Romans. <laughs> um, and literally, okay, okay. that's there's one mention in her speech, and that's the only ever mention of that goddess. Um, Ursi is another one. Uh, Hedra is another one. Literally, their name is mentioned once in a piece of writing. So even if I only found just that one mention, I've included them because you don't want to offend them, do you? Just in case. No, just in case.
0: <laughs> we 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 love you,
2: Andraste. If you're listening, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want to get on the wrong side of Andraste. <laughs> no,
0: don't get on the wrong side of Andraste, please. Please, no. <laughs> I do like Andraste, actually. She's, um, I've always wanted to kind of see if I could find anything more, but obviously if there's only one mention of her... That, that's then... it.
2: that Yeah, historically, academically, literally just mentioned just one. But she's got to be a powerful warrior goddess, hasn't she? I mean, if Boudica yeah. was calling on her for assistance, she must be a bit kick-butt, really.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and loads of people sort of associate her with the Morrigan and things like that, so... I can see that, is... yeah. Yeah, so well, maybe that's something for me to explore at another
2: point. <laughs> There's another rabbit hole to send you down.
0: Oh, <laughs> as if I don't have enough already. As if there weren't enough. What's one more? <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs>
0: no. So, so far I'm looking at Bedford Castles. and um, <laughs> See what else we can get before we end.
1: <laughs> um, so as we approach the end of our interview, we'd like to ask... Is there a witchy tip you'd like to offer to our listeners? Trust your intuition is probably the biggest
2: one I can offer. Uh, It won't let you down. If you ignore it, you will end up belly up. Well, she speaks from experience, (laughs) but I think with the internet as it is now, when you know with all the information that's out there, when I first started, you know, along with the dinosaurs, (laughs) there was no internet, so it was difficult to get information. Now there, you have everything at your fingertips. There's plenty of people that you can talk to, read everything you can, experience everything you can, and take what works for you. Uh, and make it your own but yeah trust trust your intuition
0: yeah I think that's um a very common theme when it comes to asking people about things like uh, trusting your intuition um and it's something that I'm not very good at <laughs> um <laughs> to be honest to be honest I am a bit of a crap witch um but um yeah because we, we, we all, all do it. it we all do it we all do it um I'm an absolute Book fiends, as you both know, um and um, yeah. If there's a book I can read about it, I'll read about it
2: before I do anything.
0: Oh yeah, I'm yeah.
2: Research is my thing. I am queen of research. Uh,
0: Absolutely, (laughs) it's amazing. I could get spend my time lost on yeah various rabbit holes on you know anything. But yeah, trusting instinct when it comes to more the spiritual side of meditation the connecting and all that kind of thing is a lot of things that I struggle with uh at times so um I was talking earlier in the earlier part of this podcast where it's just been uh Regan and we're talking about things I'm going to be doing forward so I have got a break in the autumn awesome where I'm going to be spending a lot of time just working on me and myself and all that kind of fantastic stuff which I can't wait to do so Brilliant. yeah so Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you for coming. Um, One last question, which is very, very easy. Where can we find you on the
2: internet or on social media <laughs> or like any events you have coming up? <laughs> <laughs> Everything you need can be found on my website, really. RachelPatterson.co.uk. It's all on there. Links to the Kitchen Witch pages as well. I do a weekly YouTube talk as well for free just waffling on about witchy stuff that's all on my youtube channel so yeah all the links can be found on my website amazing
0: also if you are do tune in on the wednesday morning at 9am there is sometimes an eric cam. (laughs) Um, which is I love the talks, don't get me wrong but Eric Cam is a personal highlight (laughs) Eric's the star absolutely (laughs) and if you don't know what we're talking about you are just going to have to tune in (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, thank you very much for
2: coming on the show and um, all the best with, with your book coming out Yes, thank you very much, absolute pleasure, thank you what's the release date for the book?
1: Uh, end of June okay yes it definitely will be out so if you haven't bought it by then listeners on July 2nd go you buy it to do go buy it go, go buy, buy it, it. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Witching Around with your hosts Regan Shanti and Jenny Cartledge it was developed by Regan Shanti and is sponsored by Witchfest if you'd like to join the conversation you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook by searching A Witches Podcast. Remember to rate, review and subscribe on Spotify. It helps other people to find the podcast. Our intro outro music was From the Ashes by Solas. Thank you for walking this path with us. Merry Merry meet meet and and blessedly.